For I've had enough of this world and its pleasures. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. I will arise and go forth to the house of my father. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. House of my young. Shalom, and welcome to today's teaching on the Hebraic roots of Christianity, where we study first century Christianity and the faith that Jesus, whose Hebrew name is Yeshua, which means salvation, taught his disciples. And now, Hebraic roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International. Shalom. I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries, and we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject, The Journey of the Bride. This is part five of the series. This session so far, we examine that Yeshua created the heavens and the earth because he desired to have a bride who would love him and he could show his love to her and that they could live together forever. And where that is going to be is in the new Jerusalem. And and what we're seeing is that while Yeshua desired to have a bride who would follow his Torah in making the relationship with her, she is unfaithful to him and breaks the marriage covenant. In other words, she departs from his Torah. But his love for her is so great that he doesn't want to see an eternal separation from her, but he wants to see restoration and reconciliation in the relationship and his love for her is so great and so deep that he's willing to lay down his life to restore her and ultimately the way that he's going to do this is to shed his blood on the tree and through the shedding of his blood he's going to offer her forgiveness of sin if she will repent of her sin and have a change of heart and return unto him that he's willing to renew the relationship and in the renewing of the relationship it's going to be better than what it was even originally. But in order for her to be a bride that he desires that she be, it will require that the Torah be written upon her heart and she live out that Torah through the help and the inspiration of his spirit. And so the purpose of creation is that the Messiah would have a bride that he could love and live and dwell with forever. And so a fulfillment of the purpose of creation is when in creation we see in our studies that Israel, Torah, and the Messiah is called the beginning. And the beginning, Israel, Torah, and the Messiah would be in covenant relationship with each other. And this relationship is going to be likened unto 
a marriage. And so then we see because at Mount Sinai that there was a marriage that took place there wherein Yeshua is not only the bridegroom, but he gave his Torah to his bride as well and offered his Torah to her as a part of her accepting to have a marriage relationship with him. And so then she needs to be sanctified before him in order for him to be able to have that relationship with him. And we are now going to continue and see the details of the marriage that is taking place at Mount Sinai between Yeshua and his bride who he's redeemed out of Egypt. And so the first thing we're going to see is Deuteronomy chapter 33 verse 4 that it is written, Moses commanded us a Torah, even the inheritance of the congregation of Jacob. So Torah is the inheritance of the bride. But we're told in Deuteronomy chapter 31 verse 7 that the land of Israel as well is the inheritance of the bride. And Moses called unto Joshua and said unto him in the sight of all Israel, Be strong and of good courage, for you must go with this people unto the land which the Lord has sworn unto their fathers to give them, and you shall cause them to inherit it. And so the Torah is the inheritance of the congregation of Jacob. The Torah is the inheritance of the bride. And the land of Israel is the inheritance of the congregation of Jacob or the bride of Yeshua as well. So now in this marriage at Mount Sinai, there's going to be two witnesses to a biblical wedding. They are called the friends of the bridegroom. And Moses is going to play the role to be a witness of this marriage between Yeshua and his people, the nation of Israel, his bride. In Exodus chapter 19, verse 17, it is written, and Moses brought forth the people out of the camp to meet with God, and they stood at the nether part of the mount. Now this word nether is the Strong's number 8482 in the Strong's Hebrew Dictionary. It's the Hebrew word takti. And takti means the low or the lower part. And so the imagery here is the people had come to Mount Sinai and they're standing at the lower or they're standing at the lower part or the base of Mount Sinai. And therefore, Mount Sinai is going to be likened unto a chuppah or a wedding canopy where the exchange of vows is going to take place. Now, the God of Israel desires that his bride is wholly set apart and sanctified before him. So in Exodus chapter 19, verse 10, it is written, And the Lord said to Moses, Go unto the people and sanctify them today and tomorrow, and let them wash their clothes. So the sanctification comes through holiness and obedience to the Torah of the God of Israel. John chapter 17, verse 17, Yeshua said, sanctify them through your truth. Your word is truth. And in Psalm 119, verse 142, it says, thy righteousness is an everlasting righteousness, and your Torah is the truth. So sanctify them through the truth. Your Torah is truth. So the sanctification 
justification comes from not sinning and living a sinful lifestyle. And in order to sin, you got to transgress the Torah. First John chapter three, verse four. And so in order to be sanctified or holy, you have to follow the Torah. And Yeshua wants to marry a bride who is willing to follow his Torah. It is the will of Yeshua that his bride be sanctified. Paul wrote in first Thessalonians chapter four, verses three and four and verse seven. For this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that you should abstain from fornication, that every one of you should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and honor. For God has not called us unto uncleanness, but unto holiness. So we can see that the spiritual meaning of let them wash their clothes is washing your clothes spiritually represents the way in which you live your life. And so you're to wash your clothes or your clothes are not to be dirty in the way they get dirty is sin and the way they get dirty and spotted is to be associated with the world and follow after the ways of the world. But the bride of Messiah is going to have a white wedding garment and the white wedding garment, she's going to be clean and white. Revelation chapter 9 verses 7 and 8 it is written, let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him for the marriage of the lamb has come and his wife has made herself ready. And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white for the fine linen is the righteousness of saints. And so the bride of Yeshua is not to commit adultery against him. Deuteronomy chapter 28 verse 14. And you shall not go aside from any of the words which I command you this day to the right hand to the left to go after other gods to serve them. So the faithfulness of the bride of Yeshua is to follow his Torah and not follow after any other way or the way of the world and not follow after other gods. But just as we saw in the Garden of Eden that after the marriage between Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, which spiritually represents the marriage of Messiah to his bride, that Adam and Eve sinned in the Garden and they ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and thus were exiled out of the Garden of Eden. We see at Mount Sinai, once this marriage took place between Yeshua and his bride, who he redeemed out of Egypt, that his his bride goes after other gods. She worships the golden calf. Exodus chapter 32 verse 7. And the Lord said to Moses, go get you down for your people, which you brought out of the land of Egypt, have corrupted themselves. And they've made them a molten calf and worshiped it. So therefore, this marriage covenant is broken. And in Exodus chapter 32 verse 19, it is written, it came to pass as soon as he came nigh unto the camp that Moses saw the calf in the dancing. They were worshiping it. And Moses' anger waxed hot and he cast the tables out of his hands and he break them beneath the mount. And so the bride of Yeshua, when they go into the promised land, they're going to go after other gods. They're going to worship Baal and Ishtar. Now, if you do a study on Baal worship and what it involved and what was done, it's going to be a religion that 
that satisfies the desires of the flesh and it permits and allows the flesh to do what it wants to do. That's Baal worship. And Ishtar is going to represent being sexually immoral and sexual immorality. So in Judges chapter 2, verse 11 and verse 13, it says, The children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord and they served Baalim. And they forsook the Lord and they served Baal and Ashtoreth. So because Yeshua's bride was unfaithful to him, departed from his Torah, worshipped the golden calf, worshipped other gods, worshipped Baal and Ashtoreth, he is going to exile her or send her out into the nations and sell her to her enemies. In Judges chapter 2 verse 14 it is written, And the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel, and he delivered them into the hands of spoilers that spoiled them, and he sold them into the hands of their enemies round about so that they could not any longer stand before their enemies. In Isaiah chapter 50 verse 1 it is written, Thus says the Lord, Where is the bill of your mother's divorcement, whom I have put away? Or which of my creditors is it to whom I have sold you? Behold, for your iniquities have you sold yourselves, and for your transgressions is your mother put away. And so as a result of marital unfaithfulness, which means departing from Yeshua's Torah, and either following after your own desires, the desires of your flesh, or following after the ways of the world, the world's system, and the wisdom of the world, which is the carnal mind, it causes separation from the God of Israel. And the separation is in the form of exile. Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 26, I said, I would scatter them into the corners. I would make the remembrance of them cease from among men. Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 30, how should one chase a thousand and two put 10,000 to flight, except their rock had sold them and the Lord had shut them up? In Leviticus chapter 26, verse 14 and verse 33, it is written, but if you will not hearken unto me and will not do all these commandments, I will scatter you among the nations. But it's prophesied that the bride of Yeshua will be redeemed without money. And so Yeshua doesn't want the separation. He wants to see restoration and reconciliation. And he wants his bride who departed from his Torah to return to his Torah in repentance and a broken heart. Isaiah chapter 52 verse 3 it is written, For thus says the Lord, you have sold yourselves for naught and you will be redeemed without money. So Yeshua's bride is going to be redeemed for her unfaithfulness without money and so by what means is the redemption going to come? It's going to come through Yeshua shedding his blood by the blood of the covenant. Zechariah chapter 9 verse 11 and verse 13 As for you also by the blood of the covenant have I sent forth your prisoners out of the pit where there is no water. In Zechariah chapter 9 verse 13, when I have bent Judah for me and filled the bow with Ephraim. So the bride of Yeshua is redeemed by his shed blood. Paul writes in Colossians chapter 1 verse 14, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. And so the problem with Yeshua's bride is her heart. The problem is not his Torah that he gave to her. The problem is her heart and her heart attitude in receiving the Torah. The problem is her flesh being dominated by the flesh and living according to the wisdom of this world 
world in her five physical senses and her carnal mind. So in Psalm chapter 95 verse 10 it is written, 40 years long was I grieved with this generation and said, it's a people that err in their hearts and they've not known my ways. And how the bride of Yeshua errs in her heart is by and through her disobedience to the Torah, by her following after her flesh, the logic of her five physical senses and the wisdom of this world being carnally minded, that behavior is likened to a stony heart. And so in order for her to return to him, she has to have that stony heart removed and she has to be given a new heart. And that's what the new covenant is. It's a new heart in his Torah written upon her heart by his Holy Spirit so that she is able and willing to do his will and produce the fruit of that spirit. Zechariah chapter 7 verses 11 and 12 it is written, but they refused to hearken. They pulled away the shoulder. They stopped their ears that they should not hear. They made their hearts as adamant stone. They had stony hearts. What's a stony heart? They won't listen to and follow the Torah. So the bride of Yeshua needs to have heart surgery. That stony heart that's rebellious toward the Torah and is influenced by the sin nature has to be replaced with a heart of flesh. Ezekiel chapter Chapter 36, verse 26. A new heart will I give you. A new spirit will I put within you. I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh and I will give you a heart of flesh. And so that heart surgery is the new covenant. The new covenant is the Torah written upon the bride's heart. Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 33. This shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, says the Lord, I will put my Torah in their inward parts. I will write my Torah in their hearts. And so Yeshua found fault with the heart of his bride that she had a stony heart. Hebrews chapter 8 verse 8, for finding fault with them. Notice he did not find fault with his Torah. He found fault with the hearts of his people. So he said, behold, the days come, says the Lord, I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. So then there's a quotation referring to Jeremiah 31 verse 33 in Hebrews chapter 8 verse 10, which says, this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my Torah into their mind and I will write it in their heart. So what's the difference between the stony heart and this new covenant heart of flesh? Well, the stony heart can't overcome the sin nature. The desires of the flesh can't overcome that you reason and you behave and you act according to the wisdom of this world, according to your five physical senses and your carnal mind, which Paul wrote in Hebrews in chapter 8 verse 7 is an enemy against God and does not follow the Torah of God. But instead, the bride of Yeshua needs a heart of flesh, a soft heart that can be molded in and shaped. And that heart of flesh is willing to follow the Torah. But in order to fully and rightfully follow that Torah, she still needs his spirit to do it. She cannot do it in her own wisdom, in her own knowledge, in her own reasoning and ability. So in the Torah, the bride of Yeshua is promised a circumcised heart. Deuteronomy chapter 30 verse 6, and the Lord your God will circumcise your heart and the heart of your seed to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, that you may live. And so the Holy Spirit gives Yeshua's bride that circumcised heart. Paul wrote in Romans chapter 2 verse 29, but he is a Jew, and this is a play on the meaning of Jew in the Hebrew, which means a praiser of God. One is a praiser of God
God, which is one inwardly, and circumcision is of the heart. A praiser of God who has a circumcised heart, which means a heart to obey the Torah of Yeshua by his spirit. So one that is circumcised in the heart, in the spirit, not in the letter, whose praise is not of men, which is fleshly, but of God. So Paul teaches about in Yeshua in the new covenant, the bride of Yeshua having that circumcised heart and to follow his Torah by his spirit in Philippians chapter 3 verse 3. We are the circumcision, meaning circumcision of heart, which worship God in the spirit and rejoice in Messiah Yeshua and have no confidence in the flesh. The bride of Yeshua follows his Torah in the new covenant through the help and the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Ezekiel chapter 36 verses 26 and 27. A new heart will I give you. A new spirit will I put within you. I will put my spirit within you. And what's the result of the indwelling Holy Spirit in the new covenant? I'm going to cause you to follow my Torah, to walk in my statutes, to keep my judgments and do them. And this is the Torah that Paul testified that he walked in once he became a believer in Yeshua as the Messiah. In Romans chapter 7 verse 22, Paul testifies that he delights in the Torah of God after the inward man, the one that has the indwelling Holy Spirit. So what does the Torah of Yeshua look like? What does the bridegroom request and desire of his bride? The bridegroom, that is Yeshua, wants his bride, that is the nation of Israel, to follow his Torah. He wants that Torah to be written upon her heart, and he wants her to follow that Torah through the help and the inspiration of his Holy Spirit. And when the Torah is written upon her heart, she will have a love for him, produce the fruit of the Spirit, and desire to live her life to do his will. The Holy Spirit is the bride's teacher. Yeshua, in John chapter 16, verse 13, explains that when the Spirit of truth is come, that the Spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit, will guide you in all truth. If the Holy Spirit is going to lead and guide you in truth, what is truth? Psalm 119, verse 142. Thy righteousness is an everlasting righteousness, and your Torah is the truth. Psalm 119, verse 151. You are near, O Lord, and all your commandments are truth. Yeshua said in John chapter 14, verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And the Holy Spirit is going to convict the world of sin, meaning they are not following the Torah, and the Holy Spirit is going to bring people to Yeshua in the recognition that Yeshua is Messiah, because Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 3, at the end of the verse, that no one can say that Yeshua is Lord, Yeshua is Yahweh, except by the Holy Spirit. And so the Holy Spirit is going to lead, guide, and teach you in truth. Yeshua is truth. The Holy Spirit is going to point you to Yeshua, that he's the Messiah. And the Torah is truth. The commandments are truth. So the Holy Spirit is going to point you to Yeshua and to follow his Torah. First John chapter 1, verse 6, it is written, If we say that we have fellowship with him, if we say we have fellowship with Yeshua, but walk in darkness, well, darkness is the opposite of light. And in Proverbs chapter 6, verse 23, the Torah is called light. So if you walk in darkness, that means you don't follow the Torah. You lie, and you're not following the truth, and the truth is the Torah or the commandments of Yeshua. In Third John chapter 1, verse 4, it is written, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk 
walk in truth. If the Torah is truth, if the commandments is truth, if Yeshua is truth, what does it mean to walk in truth? It means to believe that Yeshua is the Messiah and follow his Torah. So in Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 27, I will put my spirit within you. What's the purpose of the indwelling Holy Spirit, which we receive and have in the new covenant? It's to cause you to walk in my statute, to keep my judgments and do that. It's to cause you to follow his Torah. That's why Paul writes in Romans chapter 8, verse 1, there is no condemnation. Well, that's going to conclude part 5 of the series on the subject, The Journey of the Bride. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen. Thank you, Eddie. This is Stephen Morgan, and all of us here at Hebraic Heritage Ministries pray that you have enjoyed today's teaching. If you've been blessed, will you help us to share this message with others? Hebraic Heritage Ministries is supported by your generous financial gifts. In order to help you in your studies and to help us share this message with others, we are offering today the DVD, Yeshua the Lawgiver, for free for a love gift of any amount to the ministry. Hebraic Heritage Ministries also offers a monthly discipleship program. If you are interested in starting a fellowship group in your area, let us know. We would like to help you. Please contact us for more details. Our website is hebroots.org. That's H-E-B-R-O-O-T-S dot O-R-G. We would like to hear from you. Please send us an email. Finally, in order to take advantage of today's free offer, please mention this product offer and... Please mail your love gift to Hebraic Heritage Ministries, P.O. Box 81, Strasburg, that's S-T-R-A-S-B-U-R-G, Ohio, 44680. Until next time, may Yeshua richly bless you.